Welcome to the Christian Car Guy radio show, the talk show dedicated to helping Christians buy and sell cars by the book, not the blue book, not the orange book, but by God's book, the Bible. Call the Christian Car Guy with your questions, 1-866-34-TRUTH. That's 1-866-348-7884. What does being a Christian have to do with buying a car? You're about to find out. Here's your host, Robbie Dillmore. Last week, we talked about gas and how often God uses a crisis to get our attention. Well, this week, we're going into another crisis situation where God gets our attention. Yes, this week, we're going underwater. Underwater when Jonah was running from God. It didn't. (laughs) I love the bubbles. When Jonah was running from God, it didn't take long, and he was underwater, overwhelmed. For many of us, debt has worked the same way. We didn't trust God. We were meeting our needs. We didn't trust God that he was meeting our needs at the speed we thought necessary. So we went ahead and took out that loan and met them ourselves. Headed for Tarshish instead of Nineveh. Next thing you know, three loans later, in order to manage that first situation, you're totally underwater. Thousands of dollars, maybe tens of thousands of dollars in debt, way past the value of the car that this was all about originally. The question is, if we turn our faces toward his holy temple in Jerusalem like Jonah did, in other words, repent, would, here's the real question, would God provide a great fish to swallow us? (laughs) Has God ever provided you a great fish? You know, something to keep you in prayer. Did you ever notice that's what the fish did for Jonah? (laughs) It kept him in prayer until he got spit out on dry land? Well, that's the question today on the Christian Car Guy Show. When did God provide a great fish to swallow you? Can you imagine (laughs) God's words to Jonah inside the fish? Uh, Jonah, do I have your attention now? (laughs) Do I have your complete attention? Do you have anything else you wanted to say or think? Well, when has God got you in that exact predicament? When has God provided a fish to swallow you? And I'm telling you that inside that fish is plenty uncomfortable. And for me, I'm going to recall the situation happened in December 2007. Actually, I'd been doing this show a couple years when this happened, but I owned the Chrysler store in Moxville, North Carolina. And that spring, I had found out that our office manager had been um, not paying our taxes the way she should, and money was disappeared, like over a million dollars. And I had spent most of the year trying to establish new loans and things in order to keep the business floating when we were definitely underwater. Uh, Horribly, the situation looked, and then all of a sudden, it seemed like God came through. I was certainly in prayer as this fish was surrounding me. Uh, I found a group of investors willing to invest up to $5 million. And that's what Chrysler had told me that they needed. I didn't realize the timing of the situation was Chrysler knew at this point in time that they were going to be bailing out themselves into bankruptcy and they were going to make their dealer body smaller. So they really weren't too interested in the poor guy in Moxville, North Carolina, who they had told back previously that if I came up with enough money, they could continue on doing business. But In December 2007, I went to the people at Chrysler, and I said, look, I've got the money. We're ready to go. I just need you to reopen my floor plan line. I can, you know, put these people in front of you, et cetera, et cetera. And Chrysler said, we're sorry, we're not interested. And I said, what do you mean? We don't 
we don't want to have anything to do with it. You just handle whatever you're going to handle, but we're not going to extend your floor plan. No matter how much money you have, we don't care. So when I went back and told the investors that, they quickly bailed on me, and now I was really in trouble, and I went to see an attorney, and that attorney told me, he said, Robbie, at this point it would take you a half a million dollars to declare bankruptcy, and you don't have any money. <laughs> so your best bet is to go find a rock somewhere and climb up underneath it because it's fixed and all come down on you like you've never seen. You're going to lose your house. You're going to lose everything that you've got. You're going to lose your cars. You know, you're going to have basically nothing. So as we say sometimes, I think God had me right where he wanted me. <laughs> Deep inside the belly of this fish, I had nowhere to turn. God was clearly asking, Robbie, have I got your attention yet? <laughs> and one of the ways he got my attention was Stu Epperson, the president of Truth Broadcasting, happened to show up in my office the same day I met with the attorney and, and, and was looking for somebody to help him with Truth Broadcasting, which was one of the ways. But another way that God provided a fish for me was that one of my salesmen came out to me that day and said, you know, Robbie, the way that I've been able to continue to work here as we've been struggling with no cars to sell and all this stuff is that I throw papers in the morning. And so God provided for me through this job. It seems crazy that I went from being a car dealer to throwing papers in the morning. But if, if there was ever a situation, I would say, in my life that God provided a fish for me <laughs> because I had no money. We had no way because we were losing our house to try to figure out how we could even get a deposit together to, to get us in a house. And we were just scurrying around trying to find something. And I found that I could, you know, throw newspapers. I mean, even I, with all my problems, could throw newspapers. So that meant I had to get up at 3 in the morning and go collect the newspapers and roll the newspapers and throw the newspapers. And although there wasn't a large sum of money that came from that process, the, what it did for me, I can never explain in a million years to anybody that somebody who had totally lost his confidence that he could do anything of value um, realized when these little old ladies really liked the way I threw their paper. You know, that I would hang it on the little thing right by their door so they wouldn't have to bend over and get it. And they would leave me these wonderful tips and these notes saying, oh, I've never had such a paper boy as you. You know, they didn't know that I was almost 50 years old or I was over 50 years old. And none of that stuff. So they were just, wow. And all of a sudden I realized, man, these, these is something I can do. God still gave me something that I could feel like I was accomplishing something. I was providing for my family. We're going to find a way out of this situation. I was in the belly of the fish. And yes, eventually I did get spit up on dry ground. But, you know, during that time where you're really left with nothing but an ability to pray and ask God to give you some guidance, it's an amazing time. It's a very, and I, I know Jonah had a much different experience than I do, but I know that Jonah had a real experience in the belly of that fish. And now, as I have relayed this message this morning and spent some time doing it, my prayer is that it has recalled something in you where God had you in the belly of the fish, where you had no way out and where you had no idea what your next move was going to be. So you had no place else to go but God. And then, then God provided a way out that you never would have thought in a million years. When were you in the belly of the fish? 866-348-7884 is the number to call us this morning. 866-34-TRUTH for the digitally gifted. We want to hear... The time you were in the belly of the fish, because guess what? There's people in the belly of the fish right now, and they need your encouragement. You've been through that situation, and 
God's given you that story for a reason, to share it. And so call us this morning, 866-348-7884. Come on, be courageous. We have lines open. We would love to hear your story. Now, obviously, I have many strategies to help people that are in the slavery of car debt and and maybe in the belly of the fish that way. We're going to certainly share those this morning. And then coming up in our appraisal by the Real Black Book, of course, that's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure. Come cry out for discernment. Lift up our voice for understanding. You know, there appeared to be no way out for Jonah, thrown into the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. Well, similarly for Hezekiah, he was surrounded by 185,000 Assyrians. And for Benjamin and Sarah Burt, Sarah was eight months pregnant. And having been pulled out of bed in the wee hours of the morning, February 29, 1704, by the French and Indian soldiers who had massacred most of the residents of Deerfield, Massachusetts that morning. Well, there was four feet of snow and scantily clad, no shoes there. In that situation, they started the march to Quebec. Four feet of snow, no shoes, eight months pregnant. And I get to share what happened in that story at the end of the show, coming up in our appraisal by The Real Black Book. Hi, I'm... Robbie Dillmore, the Christian Car Guy, 35 years in the retail automobile business, but more importantly, your brother in Christ. The Christian Car Guy show is changing the way people look at their cars. They need to be paid for no debt, watching people buy cars for 35 years, going into the slavery of huge amounts of debts is a heartbreaker. We're going to be talking a lot about that today. Cars, and again, if you keep the same car you have and you just treat it well, they car, cars last as long as you do. We talk about that every week. You see those tractors, they've been sitting out in the elements since the 40s, still running. Why do you think? Truth is, if you maintain a car, it lasts as long as you do. And cars need to be driven safely. Wear your seatbelt. And as we talked about last week, don't speed. Americans are wasting, this very week, they wasted 200 million gallons of gas on speeding. We talked about the G, t- Jesus Take the Wheel Challenge last week. Could you... Uh, ask God to help you drive better and use that money to give to God's work. We talk about all those things here on a Christian Car Guy show, but today we're talking about when did God provide a great fish to swallow you and keep you in prayer until he could spit you out on dry ground? You call us with that story. You know, you know, you got to share it. 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. A lot more Christian Car Guy. A lot more Christian Car Guy show coming up. This morning, that line in that song is a little bit hard to hear, but she says, I wish that I could hear, but I think I've forgotten how. (laughs) Powerful stuff. When when did you spend some time in the belly of the fish and you were looking for answers? We would love to hear from you today. If you are underwater, 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-TRUTH. 
7884. Or as always, we have information on our website, ChristianCarGuy.com, on strategies if you're underwater in your car. There's several of them there, as well as some great illustrations of what it would like to be inside, Jonah. <laughs> and, of course, the Jesus labor of love. We need some volunteers in Charlotte. We've got several ladies down there who need some help. We need some car repair places in Charlotte to help us out. We've made lots of calls, but we, if you know of anybody in the Charlotte area that's a good repair place, a Christian, something like that, please email us. We desperately need some help for those folks in Charlotte. There's three or four moms waiting on that list down there. Um, again, call us with your story this morning. We got David in Richmond's been underwater. David, welcome to Christian Car Guy Show. In um, December of 1985, after smoking 27 years, I found out I had emphysema, and I could not breathe, and I was in a life-or-death situation. Uh, March the 12th in 1986, three months later, I told God, if you don't take me, take your cigarettes away from me, I am gone. And bap, just like that, we're gone. No, no withdrawal whatsoever, no psychological, no physical withdrawal, and he's keeping me still today without cigarettes, and I'm not... Wow. <laughs> Only he could do that. <laughs> <laughs> right in the belly of the fish with that, with that diagnosis. Yes, yeah. Yes, That's an amazing thing. He gets our attention quite often I with the you. crisis. Down to death's door is what it amounts to. So. I, I understand that feeling all too well. God bless you, David. I appreciate that encouragement because, you know, there's people out there right now who knows what they're facing. Right. They're in the belly of that fish. And it's, it's a wonderful thing to know that God, where sin abounds, grace overabounds. And God's waiting, waiting for you to turn to him. He's got some answers, but you got to ask the questions first. 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. We'd love to hear your underwater story. Again, we've got some strategies coming up. we got... Romaine in Michigan has a question, car question for us. Romaine, you're on the Christian Car well, Guy Show. kind of a combination. I guess I could probably say that uh, I'm not still in the belly of the fish, but probably I'm, I feel like I'm kind of hooked on his gill. He's trying <laughs> to perk me up on the shore. I know but, that one. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but the Lord has blessed us greatly. Uh, we, uh, uh, however, you know, we, we have come from a point where we had no debt, uh, Paid off a farm and and, uh, and and we're feeling very very fortunate and blessed and and uh, then all of a sudden to protect that investment to do some necessary what we deemed at the time to be necessary uh, investments we uh, we're now in debt and uh, you know we're not sixty yet but we're we're looking at it and uh, uh, <clears throat> you know you don't like to be in debt when you're that uh, at that age especially when you come from a period of time of and teaching of not being in debt. So, uh, but uh, uh, anyway, we're we're still blessed. Uh, but uh, we did buy a car uh, recently. We have a small farm uh, with some cattle, and we had nothing that was strong enough to uh, to carry. That we didn't have anything with a three quarter ton chassis, and so we looked around for a used one and found this uh, uh, car with a, a five four uh, a navigator. Right. Uh, wasn't looking for a navigator so much. It's a little flashier than we were looking for, but. Uh, um, but uh, we did want the chassis, and so anyway, we bought this, and uh, uh, and, and then of course the gas prices have begun to uh, rise. Uh, and it was an old Navigator, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but its value has diminished. It's paid off, but uh, 
how can we, is there, is there anything possible to do to, uh, other than just keeping your foot out of the carburetor, as you had admonished us, uh, to, uh, to get better uh, fuel economy on that? There are many, the many things. In fact, um, if you look on last week's website, or my posts from last week are what you write down on the front page, there's Robbie's top 20 gas savers. Um, okay. And, you know, things like don't fill up the tank completely because you're carrying seven pounds per gallon, things like, uh, you know, try to combine trips to make, you know, don't go places you don't have to go, you know, make go go trips where you all make all right turns. There's a lot of thought processes you can go through to to improve your gas mileage. Of course, one of the best ones is, is to keep your foot out of it. But another one that I... I I think a lot of people don't realize is if they really, really track their gas mileage, they find ways, and, and there's places, again, through my website where you can see how to track your gas mileage, but you can find ways once you're realizing, when I do things this way, I get 23 miles to the gallon. When I do them this way, I get 18 miles to the gallon. And by, you know, you can't manage what you don't measure. So right. if you're not currently measuring your fuel economy, that's a huge way, a huge way to figure out, you know, with, within my habits, within the way I'm driving, how can how can I improve my situation? So those would be my quick suggestions. Of course, there's 20 of them there at, uh-huh. at ChristianCarGuy.com. So well, thanks for calling in, and and God bless you. And, okay. and it it is getting tougher out there. There's no doubt about it. Yes, yes. So I I, I certainly empathize with those going through the struggles. Yeah. God bless you, Romaine. I appreciate it. We got Kim is in Greensboro. She has the underwater story for us, perhaps. Kim, are Hello. you with? Good morning. Good morning. Um, yeah, I, I really feel like now I'm currently underwater. Um, I recently, I was trying to get out of a really bad relationship. And in the process, I ended up losing my job. So now I don't have a job. And I just recently um, purchased a car. So now I don't have any money to pay the car payment. And I have three kids, so I'm trying to struggle and get um, get my rent paid. And so, you know, I just kind of really feel like this is me being in the belly of the well that you're talking about. Wow. And I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, daily just trying to, um, wait until I can get on some kind of dry land, um, and just try to keep the faith. And it's really hard. Um, like I said, all of this started by me wanting to get out of this really bad relationship. That, you know, now I feel like I have no no choice but to try to stay in. Kim, really do hard. you? Uh, really yeah, hard. it is hard. And I know there's a lot of people out there right now that, that certainly I would ask that you be praying for Kim. We've, a lot of us, been in, in similar situations. Kim, do you belong to a good church? I do. Okay, well, unfortunately, I hear that music saying we're going to have to go to a break. I have two or three ideas I want to run by you, Kim. I appreciate you calling in the courage to do that. It's amazing. We're going to talk with Kim when we come back. We want to hear your underwater story. Maybe you've got some encouragement for Kim. You've been through it, but you came through on the other side. You call us 866-34-TRUTH.
When have you been underwater? That's the question today at the Christian Car Guy. In the belly of the fish looking for a way out. Some of us are in there and we got questions. Others have been through and we got answers. You call us with your encouragement, please. 866-34-TRUTH. 866-348-7884. When we left Kim, she's in a difficult situation. Um, Lost her job. Car payments are due. Things are, it's, it's a tough situation. You still with us, Kim? Yes. Well, the one thing that Satan loves to do is to get us isolated and get you on your own so you think that you're in this battle by yourself. And I'm so happy that you called us today because you just put who knows how many thousand prayer warriors out there praying for you, Kim, that, that, that you could be helped out of this situation. But um, it's, it's one of those things where if you belong to a good church, you've got to reach out to some of those people that you trust with your heart, that, that you know aren't going to judge you, but simply would show you the grace of God in, in helping you find a way out, probably your pastor or maybe a good Sunday school teacher, somebody there that you could come share your story and, and, and you need allies. You need people that can come along beside you that can help you um, discern what to do. Because when you're like that, I can, I've been there. Um, you think that you've got to figure your own way out of it. And quite often, you know, only God has answers. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And then as far as the car is concerned... Um, when's the next payment due? Well, today is the last day of the month, so... It was due... The next month will be due on the 9th. So you've got one due on the 9th, or you passed due on the one from March? Yes. I understand. Uh, believe me, this these kind of things happen. One of the things that, that... I don't know a lender that doesn't appreciate a phone call to say, here's the situation... And, and here's, here's where I need some help. And, and, and quite often they can find a way to manipulate your payments in such a way. And again, I don't know who the lender may be, but one of the next strategies that I would, that I would use is to literally call that lender, tell them the problem that you're having, tell them that you intend on making good on your commitment. And, you know, any, you know, hope you may have for a job here or something else that might be money coming in. But the other thing we tend to do is not call the people we owe the money to. They don't know what else to do but the more drastic stuff because they don't think that they have our attention, that we have a problem. So that's, that's another strategy as far as, you know, the car payments. And then, you know, from my standpoint, Kim, this is the, this is the church. It's not just your problem. It's the church's problem. And we should come alongside you in some way, shape, or form. And, again, I've got um, – resources here through the Jesus's labor love program, other things. If you'll contact us through that, again, it's at our website, christiancarguy.com, or now we now have the, the domain of Jesus's labor love.com. It is for single moms and widows and <clears throat> connect with us. And maybe we can help you find some resource in some way, you know, to be able to help you out through the, through the tough times. So those are those are a couple of things that I would mention to you, Kim, and and and, and I appreciate your courage to, so much to call in today. Does that help? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Please reach out through our website, christiancarguy.com. I appreciate it. 
And we need to hear from you, 866-34-TRUTH. You've been through that. You've got some encouragement for Kim. You might have some encouragement for another person that's sitting right there. They're in the belly of the fish. They don't know what to do on the other side. They've been in the financial struggle. What are the right things to do? What are the wrong things to do? You call us, 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. Well, as I mentioned, I do have some strategies for people that have gotten into that car debt that they really um, don't know exactly what to do right this minute. Now, there there are varying varying degrees of what you do under these circumstances. The first one is for those who aren't in too much over their head, okay? And and here's the situation that you see that it's more and more struggle to get that car payment. Now you got gas on top of that, food, hamburgers, $17 a pound, you know, (laughs) You know, things are are coming fast and you're starting to get worried. Well, when you're in the belly of the fish, the thing that I've noticed is that air needs to be rationed, <laughs> right? It's time that, that you take smaller breaths. And so you got to save that money, which means you got to tighten, tighten your belt. You've got to get yourself on a budget. Dave Ramsey would be very proud to hear that. <laughs> but in, in other words, there's ways to carve that time that you're going out to eat, going to the movies, whatever those, some of those things are in your life by creating a budget, sticking to it and those kind of things. But simply put so many people run to a car dealer and they go, well, I need to lower my car payments. And so they take a situation that's bad and they make it so much worse because they're $6,000 upside down. And that car dealer says, Oh, I can help you. I can get your $350 payment down to three twenty-five. And you think, well, I'm saving $25 a month and I get a new car. But guess what? You just went into a 72-month loan when you only had 48 payments left on that other loan. And now instead of owing, you know, $19,000, you owe $26,000. And the car that you bought is, you know, worth way, way, way less than, than. So there's the thing, man. So many people, I saw it every day when I was in the car business, their solution was to go trade cars again and throw more debt onto the pile. Well, Believe me, the belly of the fish is awaiting (laughs) many of us, me included. I've been there. Believe me, I understand. And, uh, you know, that's a very difficult situation. But while you still have credit and whatever, there's a situation a lot of people find themselves in where if they just made those last 48 payments, tighten their budget and made it work, things would work out. So that's the number one strategy is how do you figure out a way to keep the car you got, pay it off, and do what you should have done. The number two way, I'll call the Dave Ramsey style, he says bail out and buy a, buy a beater. And, and that's not necessarily a bad strategy. There are times it's bad, and I go into great detail in this on my website. But, you know, there's a lot of times that, yeah, you owe $20,000 on that $10,000 caravan. And you can, in fact, because while your credit's still good, you can't do this once your credit's, you know, tanked, so to speak. But while your credit's still good, you go on and, advertise the caravan yourself, sell it yourself, because if you trade it, believe me, these people are going to roll you into something that you may never get out of. So go ahead and sell the caravan yourself, realizing that you're going to be seven or eight, nine, ten thousand dollars $10,000 short after you sell it, and you go get a home equity loan or some other loan to just basically borrow the, un, <laughs> you know, the, the water that you've got. So you're, buy, you're borrowing money on your negative equity, so to speak. So that loan is just an open loan for that eight or $9,000 and include in that loan another $2,000 for a beater. That's the Dave Ramsey strategy. So then you take $2,000 of this $10,000 loan because you took $8,000 of negative equity and $2,000 to buy a beater. You now have 
a car that you're paying on a whole lot less per month in order to get rid of all the negative equity. And, of course, he would snowball that debt and you'd roll it as quickly as you possibly could and make payments on it. That strategy is, is, is very effective for people who still have good credit and who can get a loan with no <laughs> collateral for $10,000. But most people, has been my experience, that most people in that horrible situation just simply do not have the resources to get a $10,000 loan unsecured to cover their negative equity. So what do I do in this situation, which it's been my experience, most people are in that situation. So the only thing you can do here, and this is really, you got to spend some time in the belly of this fish. It's not a comfortable place. Um, And what you really have to do is you have to create more income. And what that may often mean is a second job that you're going out delivering pizzas. Now, the thing of it is, is there are a lot of people out there ready to willing to trap you on that second job. Oh, you can work from the internet at home. You can do this. Those, a lot of those, when they start asking you to pay to find out how to make money, then you, you start to worry. <laughs> okay. So the traditional, you know, take the second job idea is, is what I'm talking about here. But by increasing that income, you literally in a position to start to double up your payments on that car that you're buried in. And you can actually find yourself in equity and you can hear this all the time on people that, that you know, go out, they get the second job for two years, they're in the belly of the fish, yeah, they, they're doing a lot of work, but they work themselves out of this circumstances, which is, it's, it's a difficult thing. And so many, many Christians find themselves in it. Again, we still have lines open. We would love to hear from you, because guess what? You could encourage somebody that's really... Really got a situation. Now we got to move on to our appraisal by the Real Black Book. That's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure, cry out for discernment, lift up our voice for understanding. You know, there appeared to be no way out for Jonah. <laughs> he was thrown, and, and interestingly, if you read the the book carefully, that and and which, by the way, the the Jews when they celebrate. Uh, Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. You know what they do? Because this is the last day that they feel like they can be atonement. They read the story of Jonah because Jonah is a picture of repentance. It's an amazing picture of repentance because he goes down into the water with his own agenda. (laughs) And he comes back out of the water, baptized, so to speak, completely on God's agenda. (laughs) In other words, it's really a picture of not only was Jonah going in the opposite direction on the boat headed for Tarshish, the fish took him back towards Nineveh. And again, you you, you know the rest of the story, but that is a picture. But similarly for Hezekiah, you know, he was sitting there in Jerusalem. Now he he wasn't thrown in the ocean, but he was sitting there facing 185,000 Assyrians all lined up around his wall, and it looked absolutely hopeless. How many people have found themselves looking at 185,000 Caesarians around a wall? Well, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, there were these folks, (laughs) Benjamin and Sarah Burt. Actually, I found them as I was working on my own genealogy, and guess what? These were my relatives. And Sarah was eight months pregnant. And she was pulled out of her bed in the wee hours of the morning, February 29, 1704, by the French and Indian soldiers who massacred most of the residents of Deerfield, Massachusetts that morning. But there in four feet of snow, scantily clad, no shoes, they started a march. Believe it or not, they were going to march to Quebec, Canada. Now, 
here is an excerpt from a book that I found called The Times of Henry Burt. It says, The other wretched survivors clung together in scanty attire, alternately chilled by the winter's cold or scorched by the heat of their blazing homes, as they tearfully counted their slain by their absence. Mingled their lamentations over the loss of loved ones and saw their treasure turning to ashes, while a dreadful uncertainty obscured their own fate. In the midst of this, their reverend, Pastor John Williams addressed prayers for design assistance. Now, I, I, you know, I'm trying to picture this, okay? <laughs> I mean, here these people are. They're, they're, their homes are on fire, and here's this pastor with these terrified people. And he's praying. He's praying for divine assistance and support. And then the Indians say, time to go. Time to go. Now, these Indians, if you, if you ever watched you know, drums along the Mohawk or the last of the Mohicans, any of this stuff, these, these, they took no prisoners, so to speak. This wasn't their main thing. So they weren't very interested in these people at all. And any that lagged behind, there were a hundred that started this death march to Quebec, and only 50 or so made it, 28 of which were pregnant women. Because if you lag behind two or three feet, the Indians came up and they tomahawked you very clearly, just put you out of your misery because they were not waiting. And not only did you have no clothes and the snow was four feet in the ground, but you know what they did at night? This is an amazing story. They would pile into huge piles of humanity in order to keep warm, taking turns being on the outside so that you could be on the inside getting warm, while the others would be a human shield over the the hundred or so people in the middle of this camp trying to stay warm. Picture this. You're pregnant. You're eight months pregnant. You just watched your pastor's wife. By the way, she was one of those that was tomahawked when she got lag behind. You saw all that. You see this. And you think, wow, how in the world? If I think I've, you know, <laughs> had some little financial issues here and there, I mean, oh my. I mean, this is, this is serious stuff. This is serious stuff. But guess what? My great whatever grandmother made it. Somehow she made it to Quebec. Four months they traveled. It took them to get to Quebec through the winter in, in all this situation and guess what? My grandfather wasn't born until 13 years after this, this incident. So the question was, did God know? And just think about this with your own ancestors. Did God know that you had to come along so he's, he had this protection? He had this reverend saying prayers over your ancestors clear back in 1700 or 1300 or before Christ. I'm, I, it's more than amazing when you read some of these accounts of the courage and the things that people went through. But the interesting thing to me and the thing that, that you can't help but see is that God still, for my grandmother, the belly of the fish happened to be a snowstorm, <laughs> happened to be whatever it was, what the belly of the fish was maybe for you. But there you find yourself in prayer. And we're going to talk about some of those prayers. We're going to talk about some more ways out and what God may have for us in the belly of the fish. And that's coming up. In our final segment of the Christian Car Guy Show, stay tuned and call 866-34-TRUTH. We'd love to hear your story.
It's not too late to come around when you're in the belly of the fish. It's a great time to do what, you know, it's an interesting thing. If you really study that passage in Jonah when he went into the sea, look how he turned his face to Jerusalem all of a sudden on his way down. You know, the way I read it, I'm just guessing because nobody was there, but it looks like he was actually going down when the fish swallowed him. I don't think he got him on the surface. It looked like he had pretty much given up, taken his last breath, and started to, sw- started to sink down to the bowels of the earth is the way he was describing it. But it says he turned his face to Jerusalem one last time. And the prayer, it's an interesting thing that he prayed inside of the fish. And I, there's a lot, I don't think I ever got that as much as I got it this morning when I was putting it in line with dead. It's interesting. It says, This is the very last line of Jonah's prayer. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I'll sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Isn't that interesting? Salvation is from the Lord. Here was Hezekiah's prayer. He's surrounded by 185,000 Assyrians. Again, the last line of his prayer, O Lord our God, I pray, save us from this hand of all the kingdoms of the earth that you may know that they may know. You're the Lord. You know what happened on the next morning? 185,000 dead Assyrians laying around the wall. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how he can come through. We have Stephen in Richmond's got a question for us. Stephen, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Good morning, Al. Good. What you got for us? Well, I was just, uh, I've been listening to your show this morning, and I was wondering um, if indeed, and I've talk, I agree with you about going to debt on the vehicles, but uh, if you have the money in the bank um, and it's occurring good interest rate, uh, and your interest rate on the vehicle to finance it would be less interest than what you're gaining, uh, at that point, would it be wise to, to finance the car? That's a great question, Stephen, and I think Dave Ramsey probably would have a gun to my head at what I'm going to say, but I, <laughs> I'm i not that legalistic to say, hey, if you can make more money with your money in the bank right. um, than you would in the car, if you can make the payments out of the money in the bank and really discipline yourself, obviously you disciplined yourself to get yourself in that position. You know, that's where I think you got to be shrewd as a, as a fox and those kind of things. I think that that's really a wisdom issue. Um and if you literally can make money with the, with your money sitting on the bank, I, I certainly, when I was a salesman, uh, worked through that with some people, saw it to be to their benefit. And so I, I'm, I'm not so legalistic as to say you can never, ever go in debt, but sometimes it does make sense. Yes, I agree. I agree. Uh, and uh, I also agree with the uh, not, not to buy anything that you can't afford. So, um, But I just was kind of wondering on that issue that uh, if it was, you know, if you could maintain a little bit more money by, by financing, uh, you know, and it's set aside to do just that, then, then maybe it might be a good idea. So I appreciate your input. And again, anytime, you know, those kind of things are always, there's accountants and, and money advisors much, much wiser than me based on, right on. You know, all that. So, but God bless you, Stephen. I appreciate the question. And I think that's, you know, that's something we always, you know, there's no cookie cutter it's, you always do it this way when it comes to those kind of things. They, they take prayer. They take discernment. And, and ultimately, to me, they take exactly what Jonah did. you got to turn your face to God and say, and you got to go down in the water, die to self, and come up, sort of baptized. <laughs> you got to come up as God's man. God, what, 
what is it that you have in mind? Because my plans, they apparently have laid me in the belly of the fish. <laughs> so, you know, those are all things out. Again, we want to tell you that with this Jesus Labor Love thing, we're so blessed to be able to help these ladies. But if you go to JesusLaborLove.com, our new website, you can find out all about that information. But we really, really need some help in Charlotte, North Carolina. We need some car repair facilities out there. If you know a Christian in that area, if you live in Charlotte that does car repair or somebody that you think does great work that may help us out, please email us. And again, if you know a single mom, a widow in need, that is an awesome ministry. The Lord is blessing a lot of people through it. So you can go to either ChristianCarGuy.com, JesusIsLaborLove.com. Either of those work. Again, for more information, as always, just go to ChristianCarGuy.com. I certainly want to thank my amazing producer, helped us with the bubbles and all this stuff today, Beth Ann McBride, my boss, Stu Epperson, for having the vision to air the show back when I was in the belly of the fish. And remember what I always say, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years. Of course, sometimes he rode and sometimes he went Donkey Express. But for the most part, he didn't go fast, okay? Never went 75 I'm, I, that I know of. But again, you know, maybe in, in by angel wings. <laughs> Remember, as you go down in the water, die to yourself like Jonah and rise to God's desires. Have You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com.